Hello, what's up everybody? Welcome, welcome. Welcome to this brand new podcast brought to you by the people behind the Mass Movement Podcast. My name's Chris and this is the debut episode of Paul, which is of course a podcast based on the greatest saga ever, Star Wars. And what better day for a launch than May the 4th, Star Wars Day. So happy Star Wars Day everybody. So what's the new podcast all about? And what's the name, right? So when I was approached by my mass movement partner in crime, Tim, about doing the cast, we thought, so why not combine a famous quote with the fact that your host, me, stands at six foot six inches tall, and so and you're a little tall for a stormtrooper king to be. I'll be bringing you up-to-date Star Wars news, reviews, theories, and every episode we'll be concentrating on a particular aspect of our beloved universe, be it a character, a vehicle, or a location. And we'll also be diving beyond the movies and into what is now the Legend series, as well as books that are now in canon. First things first, though, as this is Star Wars Day, I wanted to uh, dive into my personal history with Star Wars, which all kicked off for me back in 1983. Now, my memory of who took me is slightly hazy, but I believe it was either my grandmother or father that took me to the cinema to see The Empire Strikes Back. Now, Empire was released in 1982, but back then, US and UK releases were up to six months apart, sometimes even longer. At that point, I was six years old and aware of Star Wars, mainly through toys I'd seen around, but I hadn't yet seen any Star Wars sort of on screen Uh, Needless to say, my life was changed. Seeing Emperor changed my life, and although I hadn't really taken in what I'd just seen, I knew I liked it. Um, I was now on a mission to see the first movie, uh, because I knew it existed, but as I said, I've not yet seen it. And the problem was, we didn't own a VCR. So that Christmas, I believe, Star Wars was shown on TV in the UK, and the dots were connected for me up to that point, and it all kind of made sense. Um, I mean, the second you see Darth Vader step into that corridor, I was terrified. The moment I saw Luke, I wanted to be him. And even, you know, grew my hair out just like him. It was like nothing else I'd ever seen, and I was hooked. So by the time Return of the Jedi's release was coming upon us, about three years later, I was a fully-fledged Star Wars fan, complete with complete sets of Kenner toys, uh, including the send-away ones, like the Emperor figure, which you had to sort of collect tokens for and send away. And soon found myself caught up in the hype machine for Return of the Jedi. The first time I cried at a movie was when I was convinced that the Emperor was going to finish Luke off in the finale. Before, of course, his big face turn and the assist from Vader. Um, that coupled with the jubilant scenes on Endor, uh, with Ewoks at the end, was just too much for nine-year-old me to cope with. And I blowed uncontrollably for an hour after. And that was it for a while. Three untouchable movies that ensured Star Wars would never leave me. And although new movies weren't forthcoming just yet, there were plenty of books, games and comics to keep me going. Uh, some particular favourites were The Glove of Darth Vader, the book, The Shadows of the Empire book and the game, and The Jedi Knight and Dark Empire games, to name a few. But all of a sudden, it's the late 90s, and on the back of that special edition cinema releases, there's now talk of a prequel. Um, after seeing Jurassic Park, George Lucas decides the time and the technology may now be right to revisit this world. It took me right back to those first experiences, and 
when the trailer for Phantom Menace was announced, it really felt like an event. Uh, it was on TV because the internet was still very much in its infancy at that point. Um, so I believe it was on MTV, possibly Channel 4. And as I say, it really felt like a big event. Um, thought of seeing how Anakin Skywalker become the galaxy's most feared villain, Darth Vader, was almost too much to bear. But finally, we had a glimpse. And wow, I mean... Young Yoda, wow. Vader is a cute little boy. Lightsabers, check. Young Obi-Wan. And just who the hell was that in the cloak in the in the trailer? I mean, it was massive. Um, remember staying up late then um, when the tickets went on sale for the movie? Uh, after midnight, just phoning, 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 phoning until you got a ticket. And... Then on opening night, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. There was kids dressed up as Jedi, lightsabers everywhere. And when the lights went down, massive cheer. And I was just sat there the whole time with a grin the size of the Death Star the entire night. But then that became the problem. Uh, the grin started out as genuine excitement. I left the cinema, as did a lot of other people, feeling a bit underwhelmed. But, you know, unwilling to criticise Star Wars. Sure, there were some epic moments. Um, I mean, Obi-Wan versus um, Darth Maul is a great fight. Uh, but the over overwhelming feeling was as of disillusionment, I suppose. Um, and this was also around the time in my personal life that I met my wife. And in fact, our second or third day was a trip to the cinema to watch a Phantom Menace. And she'd actually drunk a little too much beforehand. And not that she was drunk, but just feeling a little bit, you know. And we had to leave the showing, um, which was then I decided it must be love, as I'd followed her out of a Star Wars showing. So uh, that said something for it in itself. Of course, Attack of the Clones followed, and it was just another big event, cinematic event that was, you know, defined uh, that time. Uh, you know, and we were promised the next stage, Anakin's downfall. Um, the long-awaited scene showing the Jedi Master himself, Yoda, in full lightsaber wheel in action. Um, but then it happened again. George let us down again a bit. And now the Phantom Menace wasn't just a one-off mistake. It was a habit that was forming. And the fears for Revenge of the Sith, the full-on Anakin the Vader transformation, were now in danger of coming to fruition. Um, my wife and I, think at the time that this really could be the last Star Wars movie made. We made a pilgrimage to London for the Revenge of the Sith premiere, uh, which was great in itself, as we got to breathe the same air as some of the legends of the saga. I mean, uh, Hayden Christensen was there, Christopher Lee, Ian McDiarmid, Peter Mayhew, even the man himself, George Lucas. The movie itself, eh, well, it was, it was a step up, but certainly not what I wanted to see from Revenge of the Sith. Although, it does have the greatest lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin, which culminates in, obviously, Anakin's hor horrific burns. Um, as I say, it remains my favourite battle of the series. And there were some truly special moments, but as soon as uh, Vader stepped out um, fully in his new outfit and dramatically shouted, No! My head hung a bit. Um, and there was a couple of chuckles, I remember, in the audience, and I, I just remember feeling, No, that's not, that's not how it should have been. Um, on reflection, and whilst we write this, whilst I, well, I start to tell you about this, my opinion on the prequel trilogy is pretty much unchanged. 
there's some epic spots, but, you know, hammy dialogue and direction leave a bad taste in the mouth. Whereas, you know, the original trilogy are absolutely faultless. And, yeah, even the, even the Ewoks. Since then, we've had, obviously, the sequel trilogy. Um, a couple of standalone movies and Star Wars TV shows. Um, and as these were announced, uh, my initial thoughts were of saturation. I thought there's going to be too much Star Wars. We'll end up weakening the entire saga. And whilst there has been some misses, there have been far more hits. Um, Rogue One, for instance, in my opinion, is only bettered by New Hope and The Empire Strikes, Fa- Empire Strikes Back. And The Mandalorian, absolute perfection. Um, the Clone Wars, uh, again, perfection. Um, great, great storytelling in, you know, a universe we know. So it's with that information that I came to the realisation that you can't have too much Star Wars. The universe which Star Wars is based in has too many good stories to tell. Be it movie, TV, book, game, I will be there for each and every one of them. So that's my story. I pretty much grew up with Star Wars. It's been there for pivotal moments in my life. Uh, my children have now grown up with Star Wars. And like many other people, uh, we hold this saga really close to our hearts. And it's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. It's uh, a labour of love, if you like. Um, I just want to talk about my favourite topic in the world and sort of bring you some guys some news, uh, some reviews of new, some of the new stuff that's coming out and point you in the right direction um, to new and exciting stuff, all related to Star Wars. So with that in mind, let's move on. Okay, to kick things off, I'm going to talk about a book that came out last month on Del Rey. Um, it's by Calvin Scott, who's got previous with Star Wars and um, always uh, does it justice. It's called Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, it Basically, it's the, uh, as, as the title suggests, um, a delve into Count Dooku's backstory, played so well by Christopher Lee. As we know, he, w- he wasn't always on the Sith side of things, if you like. And this sort of goes back in, goes into that story, how his friendship with uh, the Jedi Cypher Dias uh, developed uh, from one early age, how he became involved with the Jedi Academy, um, how he took on Qui-Gon Jinn as his apprentice, his Padawan, um, is looked at in this book. The book itself is written um, script style, so really easy to follow, and it's sort of from the perspective of either Dooku or Asas Ventress, who are talking in modern times about Dooku's backstory, where we find Dooku um, and Cypher Diaz in the Jedi Academy um, doing various uh, missions and training. But Dooku always finds there's something missing from his life, and he doesn't quite know what that is. He, he doesn't know much about his childhood. And that's explored here and makes for very interesting reading. Gives it a kind of um, almost Harry Potter-ish vibe as uh, Dooku and Cypher DS are sort of running around the, uh, the the academy, getting up to all sorts of hijinks and whatnot. Um, but obviously it takes a much darker turn then uh, as things progress. And Dooku's interest in the dark side is piqued um, when he takes uh, a sort of fascina- a fascination with... Jedi Master Lena Kustana and her uh, missions 
or finding and studying ancient relics of the Sith. Um, and you can obviously we know the the end story, but how he gets there makes really interesting reading. Um, this flew by in a day or two. It was easy to get through. Um, I say the script style helps, makes it play out like a movie. And I fully recommend it. If you're into the, like the backstories of some of your, these uh, characters we love, then this doesn't disappoint. Definitely go and buy it. It's on Del Rey, Dooku, Jedi Lost. Go to Amazon, go pick it up. Next up, we've got Dr. Afra again uh, on Del Rey Books. Uh, this is by uh, Sarah Kuhn. And I think I've pronounced that right. Hopefully I have. Um, if you're looking for a sort of uh, Indiana Jones sort of character in Star Wars, then this would be the book for you. She's a sort of a rogue archaeologist, if you like. Um, no fear, no no control, just follows her, her gut, finding galactic relics all over the, all over the universe. And this leads her to team up with my favourite character, Darth Vader. He ends up saving her life at one point. That's not a spoiler, so don't worry. That's just sort of uh, the story arc, if you like. Um, now, whether this is good for her or bad for her, you'll have to find out for yourself. But, um, and then again, another awesome book. It's, it's told script style again. This is because it's come from the audio, the original audio. Sarah Cohn, I'm not familiar with her work. I know she's worked with DC before. Um, I'm not sure if she's done anything with Star Wars, but she's done a damn good job here. Again, that's out on Del Rey, so go check that out. The final book I'm going to talk about today is Victory's Price um, by Alexander Freed. Uh, Alexander, he's worked with Star Wars before on Battlefront and Twilight Company and, and a bunch of short stories and comic books, video games, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is uh, Alphabet Squadron. It's one of the, uh, the, the Alphabet Squadron novels, which, honestly, I'm not really a fan of um, most of the time. But this one took me by surprise. Uh, it's got a bit more depth in the story rather than just uh, space battle, space battle, you know. But it's got that typical spirit of Star Wars, that, that spirit of the little person against uh, the big bad, you know. Uh, I mean, they're a ramshackle sort of bunch, the, the Alphabet Squadron. But, well, they, you know, they haven't got numbers. And in weapons, they make up for in heart and spirit. So it's, that, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Um, it's based in the aftermath of Return of the Jedi. So they're basically back, battling against the Empire that's left over, the remnants of the Empire, if you like, um, who are trying to carry out the Emperor's dying wish. So, yeah, it's a, it's, as I said, I'm not usually a fan of these type of books, but uh, Victory's Price, again, on Del Rey. Um, they're doing some fantastic work at the moment. It's definitely worth uh, your money and your time. So go pick that up now, either on the Del Delray's website or on Amazon. Right, moving on. Boba Fett, a lot of people's favourite Star Wars character. He's getting a lot of love lately, uh, which is going to continue with War of the Bounty Hunters from the amazing Charles Sewell. Now, I can't be more excited about this. Charles Sewell's work with the Darth Vader comic series, was second to none and is absolutely vital to any fan of Darth Vader. So the fact he's now taking on Boba Fett as well as the other um, bounty hunters that we saw in Empire Strikes Back, so Dengar, IG-88, 
Bosk, Forlom and Zuckus. We're, gonna, we're now going to get a whole series from Charles um, from this era. So, I mean, the Empire Strikes Back, you know, the era there doesn't, hasn't had much love um, in, the, in the new sort of canon. So this is great news for anybody who's a fan of that particular era of Star Wars. Saul himself has described it as just Boba Fett doing his thing, being Boba Fett, which we know is going to kick ass and we're going to like it. And on top of that, not just Charles Sewell working on it, we've also got John Cassidy is going to be doing uh, the variant covers for the entire series. So that's something that's going to be very exciting for Star Wars fans to hear. I can't wait for that. And if that does pique your interest, then you need to head over to marvel.com on May the 5th, not the 4th, the 5th, to see a special prelude issue to sort of build up to those uh, Charles Soule comics. So, yeah, very exciting news from them. And while you're at it, make sure you head over to the Star Wars landing page on Disney+. Plus. Um, Lucasfilm and the Disney Company have commissioned fan artists from all over the world to create new pieces for Disney+, Plus for Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Uh, the series kicks off with a mural by Zizou, a uh, poster illustrator and cover artist, just depicting the heroes and villains of the saga. So make sure you check that out. May the 4th on Disney Plus, on the Star Wars landing page. Uh, it's from Disney Plus, Disney and Lucasfilm, and it's going to be epic. As of April, Kenobi went into pre-production which is very exciting for any Star Wars fan. If you're not uh, excited for Kenobi, then, quite frankly, you're not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> um, recent pictures of, of Ewan McGregor, seen him rocking his beard, um, and so getting the character. Um, we've had some exciting cast news, as Hayden Christensen is due to return as the big bad himself, uh, Darth Vader. Now, whether he is actually Darth Vader or whether it's going to be Anakin in flashback form, we don't know yet. Um, but either way, it's very exciting for this Star Wars fan, at least. Joel Egerton, who was played Owen Lars in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, is going to return. So, interesting story, potential story arcs there. Indira Varma, who was who shone, actually, in Game of Thrones, has been cast, as has... O'Shea Jackson, uh, son of Ice Cube. He was awesome in the uh, NWA biopic. So it's exciting to see what they've got planned for him in Kenobi. But yeah, that went into pre-production in April. And hopefully around Christmas time, we're going to get a trailer. Uh, who knows? But exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, no doubt. And finally, by the time you read this, uh, I'm assuming you would have seen the Bad Batch, which I will have dropped on Disney+. Plus, It's obviously the story of the Clone Force 99, who were introduced in the Clone Wars. They're basically clone troopers with, who are mutated genetically, uh, and it's the missions they're going on in the aftermath of the Clone Wars. I'm very excited to see that. There's so much good TV coming up uh, in the Star Wars universe, and this is kicking it all off. So by the time you would listen to this, 
Bad Batch will be on Disney Plus and hopefully you need to deep in it already. Okay, I mentioned it earlier. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters coming soon from Marvel Comics. H&M are offering a lucky member the chance to win a framed limited uh, poster of the Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters containing art from Steve McNiven and Laura Martin. All you need to do to be in a chance to win it is sign up to H&M's membership program, which is available at H&M.com. Uh, there's 17 posters to be won. This is uh, a one-off opportunity. So I'd urge you to get over there today, May the 4th, get over there, sign in the H&M membership program, be with a chance to win this great, great bit of artwork. The great thing about May the 4th, Star Wars Celebration Day, is that it's everybody gets involved, all the big companies, and I've done a little bit of uh, digging on your behalf to see what, you know, some of the best stuff that's out there this year. Um, if you go to, one of the first things I've, I've, I've noticed is Funko are really pulling the stops out. So if you go to www.funkoeurope.com, um, check out their Women of Star Wars Lounge Fly backpack. Um, beautiful looking backpack. It sort of celebrates the, the strong female role models uh, within our universe. They've also got the cutest wallet you could possibly imagine owning, uh, featuring a big embossed Grogu on there. Um, you should definitely go and check that out. If there's uh, an older <clears throat> Star Wars fan in your life who likes a tipple, then Funko have also got you covered with the uh, I Am Your Father glass tumbler, um, which can be found on the, the website. More traditional Funko items are also available um, over the uh, celebration period. They got the, the Princess Leia uh, figure is out now from Empire Strikes Back, Bespin Leia. Uh, they got Tobias Beckett from um, the Han Solo movie, as well as the Rise of Skywalker Sith Jet Trooper. All available now at FunkoEurope.com. Go check them out. Go spend your money. One of the more appealing items to me <laughs> uh, as a fan of Empire Strikes Back is, it's come from Disney, the Disney store. Uh, it can be found on the Disney store or Shop Disney. It's the Disney Parks Wampa Creature Soft Toy. Um, it's from, I, I, I guess it's available usually from Galaxy's Edge, but uh, for a limited time only, it's going to be in the Disney stores and Shop Disney. One of my favourite sort of creatures from the Star Wars universe uh, yeah, it looks great, and I'm sure the kid in your life is going to love that one. Or indeed, you know, the grown-up in your life. Sticking with Disney, and again, straight from the uh, the Creature Shop at Galaxy's Edge, they're also going to be releasing on Disney Store and Shop Disney uh, the Lothcat creature, uh, obviously often found in the Outer Rim. Um, it's an absolutely gorgeous-looking toy, and again, it must be a limited thing. It's available fr from today, 4th of May, uh, for Star Wars Celebration Day, so go and pick that up while it's available. Moving on to Lego, um, who've brought out some stunning sets over the years. Um, they've seen fit to celebrate uh, the 4th of May, or May the 4th, with a choice set, which kind of pays homage to like the uh, the first three movies, if you like. Um, the first of all is the Darth Vader helmet, which is an impressive-looking piece, but it looks it would look good on anybody's mantelpiece. They've also got um, another of my favourite little things I loved as a kid from Empire Strikes Back, the uh, Imperial Pro Droid, which has an incredible amount of detail, which looks like an in, like a lot of work 
uh, but it would look like it'd be an, an enjoyable lot of work. That's available um, from lego.com and in Lego stores at the moment. And to represent Return of the Jedi, they've gone with the sort of the same idea as the Darth Vader helmet, but they've gone with a Scout Trooper helmet on a plinth, uh, which again would make for a lovely sort of centerpiece uh, and addition to anyone's collection. So yeah, Lego have really pulled out the stops. Um, go to lego.com, go to the Lego shops and pick those up now and celebrate May the 4th with uh, a new awesome Lego set. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, go check out the Funko range at funkoeurope.com in celebration of May the 4th. Go to the Disney shop or Shop Disney and look out for their exclusive May the 4th uh, goodies. Go to H&M. Go and win yourself that artwork. It's a fantastic looking piece and it's something which, you know, it's going to be very exclusive. So it'll look good on where you choose to hang it. Go to massmovement.co.uk. Check out what we do there. Um, thanks for listening. Next time, we're going to be delving into more reviews, um, books, uh, audio books, uh, wherever, comes, wherever comes up. And we're also going to be deep diving uh, the main man. I had to start with the main man himself, Darth Vader. Um, so we're going to be deep diving into his story, his backstory, and some fan theories and sort of the stories about him that unless you're into the, the the whole backstory of him, you're not going to know about. So it's definitely worth checking out our next episode. Okay, thanks for listening. Take care, guys, and happy Star Wars Day. <laughs>